welcome to a virtually unbreakable podcast where we inspire you to live happier and more fulfilling life. My name is Ella and I'm your host. Today we are discussing understanding power dynamics in relationships. I'm pleased to have you here today, so sit back, relax and enjoy this episode. So today we are talking about power dynamics and power dynamics are a crucial aspect of all relationships. So let's start from defining the meaning of power and give you a little bit better understanding about different forms of powers and what tools have you got at your disposal to manage this power dynamics in your relationship. Power is present in all relationships, whether that is at work or at home, in a personal or professional setting. And interestingly, these days we talk so much about different expectations we have, boundaries, trust, needs, but we don't talk so much about power. And many people have this um, bad reaction when we even mention the word power. Uh, we tend to all emphasize the abuses of power and not realize that actually there are different forms of power in relationships. So why is the equal spread of power important in relationship? It is important because it helps us to ensure that both partners are respected and that their needs and opinions are taken into consideration. So both people feel valued and respected. And it also helps to create a more balanced and a healthy relationship as both partners are able to express themselves and have their voices heard. Um, and what happens when there is unequal spread of power? or when there is a power imbalance in a relationship. So when that happens, uh, one person typically has more control and influence over the other person. And this can lead to unhealthy dynamic where one person is constantly trying to assert dominance over the other person. And this can lead to feelings of resentment, insecurity and powerlessness between two people. Some of you might have heard of Jordan Peterson. He's a Canadian psychologist, human behavioral expert and an author of few books. And Jordan Peterson believes that a healthy relationship requires a balance of power between the two people with each partner having an equal say in decisions and both partners feeling respected and valued. Jordan Peterson also believes that power dynamics should be based on merit and individual responsibility. So he does think that people should be rewarded for their hard work and effort and that those who are more capable should be given more responsibility. He also believes that people should be held accountable for their actions in relationships. But he does first and foremost believe that a 
balance of power is essential between the two people where both have equal say in decisions and key decisions taken. And there are different. And what happens when that doesn't happen? Well, when that doesn't occur, we feel disrespected, undervalued, our self-esteem and our confidence might be low. Um, and we might really question uh, ourselves and our relationship. But uh, there are different ways in which we can ensure that we have a healthy power dynamics in our romantic relationship. And so there's few ways. I'm going to mention four, the most common ones. Number one, communicate openly and honestly with each other about your needs and your expectations. So it's important to find a communication style and the right moment to talk about your needs, your expectations and your desires. Um, and this is essential. You absolutely cannot underplay the importance of this. If you don't ever mention your needs, your expectations, your desires, there's a guarantee you're going to sooner or later feel very unhappy and somewhat um, abused, you could say. Number two is respect each other's boundaries and opinions. So for a relationship to really thrive and for us to ensure that we have a healthy power dynamics, we need to respect each other's boundaries and we need to respect each other's opinions. So it's no, the, it's not the case that one person matters more, one person makes all the decisions and the other person does all the work at home, for example. Uh, that is an equal balance of power. So there's got to be a way to communicate your needs, to communicate your boundaries, to communicate your opinions, and for the other person to hear you, hear what you've got to say, and respect what you've got to say. It's also essential that both partners have equal say in decision making. So again, very similar. Not one person takes all the decisions for the whole family and the rest just goes with it. But actually, there is a mutual respect and there is mutual communication and there is a mutual decision making. And taking time to listen to each other and speak about what is important to you. So I hope this has helped to put in context of how we can influence um, that power dynamics in our relationship. Now, let's move to talking about power um, and and the importance and the uh, definition of power. So very often when we use the word power, people feel like uh, they're cringing a bit and they don't really associate the word with anything positive. Um, so what what is power? So power might mean different things to different people. But to give you a bit of a context, uh, let's use this example of a child and a parent. Uh, so when a child needs a parent, the parent has the power over the child. So when we are born into this world, when we come into this world, we very much depend on our parents. We rely on our parents and our caregivers. And very often the p parent and the caregiver has the power over us. Okay. 
But at the same time, if we have a two-year-old child who very loudly and clearly say, says no and doesn't want to go with whatever we are suggesting or asking him or her to do, then that is an example of a child having power over us. Okay? So the power doesn't always come from the top down. It also comes from bottom up. And how do we handle this power in relationships? How do we understand what we can do with the power dynamics and, and what can be done to really improve the, the levels of satisfaction in our relationship? So these are big questions. And power dynamics in relationships refers to a balance of power between those two people. And that can be seen in many different aspects of relationship, like we've mentioned, such as decision-making, communication, and even physical contact. And the power comes with the fact that when people need each other, rely on each other, have expectations from each other, depend on one another, it gives them power. It, or it gives the other person the power. But one of the important questions to, to answer here is, is this power over or is this, do I have power over someone or do I give this power to someone? As many of us will know, this power can be oppressive. It can be dominant. It can be exploitative also in a relationship context, but it can also be generative. It can be inviting and it can be active and collaborative. Okay. So people often will say that the person that makes more money has the power. We, many of us probably heard that. And in a relationship context, that is possible. But then it can be also that the person who makes money and makes the decisions and gets to decide um, where we live or what we do, what we spend our money on, where we go on holiday. Um, but also it can give that power to us and use it in a positive sense so that we reach our goals and our dreams. So the other, so the person who makes more money or has more power could use that power to help their partner. For example, they might say, I know you've been wanting to go back to school and study art. I can make that possible for you. And they give that power to the other person. And let's not forget that power in an organizational sense it can be very good. It can lead to leadership. Leadership is, is very much needed uh, because it provides hierarchy and hierarchy provides structure. For example, in the professional sense, employees that don't have a boss that gives them a clear sense of direction or a mission can be feeling quite lost and um, unmotivated. Okay. And then they might not know which, which way to go and what to do. So that leadership here has a very positive feeling, meaning, because the person uh, gives guidance to a group of people or otherwise it would be chaos and lack of organization. 
And the same applies to political systems where uh, we have society groups and society needs to be managed by a leader and that involves power and that power can be voted, it can be chosen, it can be attributed, earned or stolen. And uh, we often see, um, well, not just on the news, but in a daily life, the abuses of that power, right? So we see when the power is very inspiring and used in a positive, creative ways, but we also very often see abuses of power. And um, the parents who don't assume their position or their role or their authority over children also very often leave a vacuum in their children. And that vacuum creates a sometimes reversal of power where the child has to decide for himself and has to lead by themselves. And in a sense, can sometimes become the parent of his own parents. And these are inverse hierarchies and they can become very problematic because if that situation occurs and happens, the child quite often can develop further mental health problems um, when he is left without leadership and without with that emotional vacuum, right? And I think it, so it's important to to highlight those different structures and to give us a bit of a sense of um, how that power can help us also in daily life. Um, but also it's important to mention that these days a power has become more fluid um, it's more often uh, negotiated. It's not just something that is given for the rest of your life by virtue, by birth, but it can be also taken away, right? That is quite still quite new, especially in the political sense, but it's happening and, and it's more fluid. And it also applies to the relationship between child and parent because children these days don't just go with what we tell them to to do, but often question it, often argue, uh, make counter arguments. And that that power we might feel that needs to be earned, right? The power over children or, uh, you know, for children to listen to you, you need to earn that. So, um, but these are different generations and this maybe didn't happen so often in the past when we were children, but it's certainly happening now. And it's a good thing. So power is no longer something that is just fixed forever. And, and if you have it, you might, you might not have this privilege forever. So power dynamics in relationships are constantly shifting and evolving and they are not static but a dynamic process. And it's important to see it that way because when it comes to relationships, we might, some of us might currently be in a quite perhaps unhappy relationship dynamic where we might feel like we don't have the power, where we just have to go with what the other person is saying for the sake of peace, uh, where we do not feel being, that we are being hurt or our opinions are valuable, val valued by the other person. But let's not forget that is what the power dynamics looks like now. But 
through different tools, through self-reflection, and including the next exercise, which I'm going to give you, that power dynamics can shift in your relationship too. So some of the questions I would like you to ask yourself to understand this topic a bit better is what are your criteria that determine power? Who has the power in your relationships? Is it the people who are more responsible? Um, is it the person that is more competent? Or is it the person who is less competent? Um, is it the person who makes more money? Or is it the person who is more decisive? Right? Um, there's always a tendency to think that there's one person who is more competent than the other in our relationship. And often we think that that person has more power. And sometimes this can be true for families um, as well as romantic relationships, that the more competent person is more successful and therefore perhaps makes more money and, per and perhaps that's one of the reasons where we feel they have more power, but that is never the full picture, the full story. There's always other things that contribute, other factors that contribute to the power dynamics. Let's also uh, remember that sometimes in family context and relationship context, um, this power dynamics really can drastically shift. For example, if we have a person in a relationship who is depressed or someone who can't get their act together, who can't keep a job, that person has also a power because the depressed person they might not experience this themselves and they might not see themselves as powerful, but we are going to make sure they're comfortable with where they're going, where we are going as a couple, what we are doing. So they are, we have them at the forefront of our mind when we are making decisions. So their well-being so they have a power over us because their well-being is more important than what we want to do. And sometimes depressed children or anxious children can also have that power over parent. And sometimes children might use that or youth might use that to uh, exercise power on their parents. But I'm going to give you one more exercise so you can do a little scan of some of the important relationships in your life, not just your romantic ones, but also your friendships, your family ones, um, work situations and so on. So I'll sit down and ask yourself, what is my experience with power dynamics in my relationships and past in my current relationships and in my past relationships. Do I feel that I have the agency, that I have power, initiative or action that I can freely express? And that is important factor because that means that we have the agency and opposite of agency is codependency. 
Do I feel that I'm often at the hands of other people and their power over me? And how does that make me feel? How do I feel when I step into my power? What does it mean to me? How does it make me feel to step into my power? What do I do when I step into my power? Is there anything I can do now, this week, this month, this year, to shift the power dynamics in my relationship if it's not serving me any longer? What actions can I take to shift that power dynamics into one that is serving me better? How can I ensure I have the power to express myself and make my own decisions. I hope this episode has been helpful for you. If you would like to connect with me, the link to my LinkedIn profile is included in the show notes below. Thank you so much. See you next week. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did enjoy it, why not subscribe or leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. As usual, the notes and the transcript from today's episode are published on our website, which is virtuallyunbreakable.buzzsprout.com. See you in the next episode of Virtually Unbreakable, where we will discuss the biggest lessons we can learn from monks.